0: Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Monsur and I'm joined as always by my lovely, wonderful, handsome, nice co-host Alexander Volt. Say hello. Hello. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world. One artist at a time, but mostly artists we like. Uh, so it's a new okay. discography, more or less per episode. And today we'll be discussing every album by... Slint. Who? Slint? I've never heard of them, Alex. Oh, you I've not heard of them.
1: Your wardrobe is almost that of a cartoon character if people just watch the
0: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about no one knows what you're talking about, Alex, so I like this bang huh. and this is a uh, you know happy birthday to Mike because uh it will be dropping on your birth or like the day before the two okay. days before okay. you know I don't really know close oh, right. enough close enough close yeah the yeah the beginning month of July is uh basically when uh when my birthday will be, but Beginning half of the month of July. What the fuck am I talking about? Uh, Yeah, before getting into any of that, man, this is already such a stupid episode. Dude, this is going to be the longest tiny discography episode we've probably ever done because I have a lot to say.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Have to wait too much. That's, it's your birthday.
0: It is my birthday. So if you want to help me out because it's my birthday or some shit, uh, subscribe and lean you know, into the buttons and share and tell friends or you know, all that stuff if you would like. Uh, patreon.com slash every album ever. If you want to help us even more, we have bonus episodes, early access to certain episodes. And of course you can jump the line when suggesting an artist for us. We have, uh, some new patrons. Welcome. Thank you. And also we have another patron request because of that, which I am actually excited for. Nice. It sounds like a fun one. I won't give it away. Uh, that should be coming up in a few weeks or so. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, playlist on slint. You'll find a description, find a link in the description along with playlists with, you know, every episode we've done. Uh, everyhelpmember.com if you want to just go straight to there. Eh, we, whatever. You know, it's, uh, it's all good. It's all good. You follow us and do the things. Uh, <clears throat> slint, slint, slint. So I, uh, yeah, obviously if you're watching the video, you know I like the band. I, I uh, have like four band t-shirts that I wear on loop and this is one of them. Yeah. I believe I'm wearing this shirt in our trailer. Like I, yeah. I like this band. I it's pretty uh, apparent. And just how much I like this band. Well, thank you for asking Alex a lot. This I'll- band is one of those, uh, moment in life where nothing is the same again this band yeah. changed my musical life and outlook completely i i heard them uh first time when i was 13 and that will wreck a 13 year old when i mean i've listened to weird shit since i was younger but like there's something about this is like the pinnacle of what rock music can be obviously yeah. the, it, you can do more stuff with it, you can do different stuff with it but this was like at the time uh, this is what you would recognize as rock music, but just so advanced and so evolved in a way that's not prog rock, it's not math rock. It's just, it's digestible but really, really intricate and patient. It is the most mm-hmm. relaxed, patient. We're, we'll, we'll do our thing and we're not worried about whether you're going to be here by the end of it.
1: Yeah, that's very much the uh, the vibe I got from the band too and watching the documentary. Hey. Um, it didn't uh, hit for me as a teenager, but once I got a little bit older, I was like, okay, okay, this is, this is cool stuff.
0: And this is also, I say that as a fucking psycho kid who also at 13 heard swans for the first time. Yeah. So I'm listening to early swans, you know, the shit that really <laughs> you shouldn't listen to, like, especially if you're like, you know, a depressed young child. And then also this, which is like, I mean, you couldn't get too two different things but like
1: yeah i would say this you, one you, you
0: reverberated more
1: yeah you yeah. could show normal people slint like for the it's, most part it's weird but it's not like um you know it's not like a
0: captain Beefheart no situation no. you you'll raise like i don't know it's still like so I've, I've man of course i have a story about a fucking annoying girl and she's not annoying she was super annoying i think she was in a cult to be honest this was uh, early 20s or late teens, and uh, I I picked her up in my old shitty Honda, and I had the uh, one of the Slint albums play, the the Slint album. Let's just be mm-hmm. honest here, all right? Yeah. You can see it in the background on the video. Let's, let's just be honest. And she was like baffled at the thought of someone who couldn't sing trying to sing. And I was like... It happens all the time. It's, yeah, but also, do you not hear the rest of it? Do you not understand that there's more to music than singing do you yeah. not, do you not under, like do you are you fucking stupid i didn't say that but like in my head i'm like that's you you're not my kind of person i don't i don't think we're we're on the same universe here also it's uh it's really weird thinking
1: about like someone would think that and then it sounds like i'm throwing shade at little yachty but you get like a little yachty like a little yachty he did that song broccoli with uh with dram
0: who are these? Dram? They're <laughs> is that rappers. a wrestler? What the fuck are you talking about?
1: The rappers. Okay, okay. My point being Lil Yachty is not much of a singer. Okay. And the people just welcome him with open arms. So, like, I would say in general, people don't care about singing. It's yeah. It's just, like, does it sound good? Okay.
0: Well, to be fair, that girl was, all, was a singer-singer. Mm. But it's also kind of baffling to me when you're a musician and you can't appreciate really complex arrangements and brilliant songwriting. Like, like. Stuff about these guys are just purely undeniable. Even if you don't like, you know, slower, uh, slower burn kind of rock or or minimalist rock, which is mm-hmm. a lot of it is pretty minimal. Uh Again, if you're a musician, if you and you're denying just how there is no one tighter and more on it than this band, like it, it blows my fucking mind to think like, how is it? Well, I'll get into it more with the album specifically, yeah. but it's, I couldn't believe it until like I, I finally saw them live, like, oh my God, they're this tight. There was no studio trickery at all. Mm-hmm. This, they're just this good all the time.
1: That was something uh, they went over too in the, or Elbini bought up in the documentary. Is it's like,
0: uh, called Brickham Trail, directed by Lance Bangs.
1: Yes. It was that, that, that they were Bangs. very proud of their demo tapes and they yeah. were not trying to change much.
0: Yeah. And that's also a, uh, you know, well, like you said, Albini, he's a he's a big part of this band. Uh, but that's that's one of his main philosophies: is just capture the band. Don't you know? Try to spice it up. I don't agree with that for every band, but I get I appreciate it with bands like this where they can fucking back it up.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I had no idea this band like Big Black. I had I had I couldn't tell by the the harmonics. I had I had no fucking idea. You, you, it's this thing that's like some sarcasm. I
0: know, yeah, I know. But like, it's also this. <laughs> we're already talking about the album when we have two, two things, two records to talk about before the album, as well as how the band. Okay. I'm just kind of talking about their sounding general. The thing oh. is, their sound evolves so crazily, so quickly. It does. It, it's a but- fucking, it's like a light switch. It's one album is this thing. And then the next one is this fucking untouched un not done really that well since never done before. Then it's mm-hmm. like, a, it's baffling to me almost like how, how they just, just like came together. And like, oh, it's just, and the way they talk about it, in interviews and, and the doc and wherever, it's like I don't know, just playing, just wrote some riffs and just kind of I, jammed it out. Like, but it's, you realize it's fucking genius, right? How did how like? They're the dorkiest, fucking, quiet, boring guys to watch. It's, I would say
1: they act unassuming and boring, but then hearing some of these stories, also,
0: I got the stories written down, dude.
1: <laughs> also, they were like, they were babies when they were doing this. Like, they're
0: very young. Yeah. Well, by the time yeah they were like college age by the time the last album was recorded i think but they've been they had been playing since they were fucking
1: yeah right. like that band um oh shit the one that starts with an m i forgot to write it oh then. maurice maurice got yeah. to open up for sam, sam hain i mean it's like teenagers opening up for sam hain it's, it's a- insane
0: episode something we did them uh people hate that episode it's funny uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's
1: just dancing making all the uh the burner accounts <laughs> why does it keep saying dancing my name is not dancing <laughs> it rolls off my tongue better i'm not gonna change also uh i think their other band um which one before maury uh languid and flaccid after that after that that was squirrel bait squirrel bait yeah they opened up while I'm on saying things wrong. They opened up for Husker do Husker Du, Husker, See the
0: two dots above the U. Alex. I know. I know uh, that they, that one I do sing- on purpose. It the. And I, uh, know, yeah. I know. I yeah. know. Um, <laughs> fucking. Uh. So that's the yeah. So these guys were in bands so young. So let's just start out from the very very beginning. The, Slint is essentially Britt Walford. Like he's the the fucking guy. Yes. And then also his lifelong buddy, childhood friend Brian McMahon. And, uh Louisville Kentucky the most unassuming oh, yeah. city the most like huh who
1: where is uh it's very cool uh I think of, of ras- wrestling when okay I think of Louisville but um it's very cool seeing the documentary and like how progressive uh it's Brit's parents right
0: yeah like, Ron, and Ron and Charlotte yeah like, of course I know the names because uh, it, well it's on the album people yeah, we'll get to it.
1: it's this really f- funny like you would think they'd be like these controlling like conservative people but no they just like let them do their own thing they drove them and took them to punk shows they were so
0: sweet they're the nicest parents clearly like they're really good people still in their Uh, lives like uh, yeah and honestly they all seem like just regular ass boring good people and that's like good fruit for them. But like it's funny watching them as like these innovators. And again, you hear these stories of them being fucking wild, mostly Britt being a fucking psychopath. Oh, but you see interviews of them, he's like, and uh, here, here's when um we played this show at it. them. It's like, what the are you talking to me? What the fuck are you saying? Like yeah. holy shit. Like I told I told you this uh not too long ago. They uh Brit and I think Brian, they've been more active on social media stuff. A lot of touch and go has been mm-hmm. uh it was recently the, the 30th anniversary for Spiderland, so they did a uh, you know a whole thing, the new shirts, new merch, whatever, and they were doing a, a part of that was Britt doing a series on parts of Louisville where Slint came up. Uh, the places that they went to their first, you know, gigs, their first everything. And it was, it was impossible to watch. It was impossible to yeah. watch. Like, there is no one less riveting than Britt Walford. And there is no one better at drums than Britt Walford. He, yeah. Oh my he's, God.
1: He's a madman. Like trying to like dissect specifically what he's doing. Yeah. Like note by note. It's just like, why, why would you throw that in there right now? When it, is this, yep. But it sounds good. It sounds amazing. I don't know when it will come up again, but the reason this guy is a psychopath and the thing that like kind of broke me and where I stopped the documentary because I was just so, so like, okay. Like, yeah, very boring guys. And then they get to this part where him and David Yao David are building someone's office at Touch and Go.
0: It's at uh, Corey Rust, the, the head of Touch and Go. Okay. Yeah.
1: And uh brett had like a slushy or a coke or something david Yao thought he was done with it it was a coke yeah it, was, it coke. was. he was this like hadn't touched it in hours he thought he was done he put a cigarette in it brett drinks from it yeah he's like oh why why would you do that he's like oh i'm My bad i'm sorry i thought you yeah. were yeah i thought you were done and then to david Yao's surprise
0: what's was chagrin <laughs> someone say he goes to take a sip out of his coke this time and uh he, he tried coke well no it's it's a uh, brit's giant shit took a dump right right and he emptied out the coke took a dump in it and david you said that was funny <laughs> he said i laughed
1: if anyone does that to me we're done we're that, not i would we're not on speaking terms anymore
0: and that is where you and i are different because i would laugh my ass off if you, did, if you drink shit i would no. he didn't drink it he just tried to drink he saw it like, oh okay yeah, he didn't drink okay, the shit. okay no i think I think it would take a minute before it got to, from your nose to your mouth and your, also your eyes. Uh, it would be hard to drink. Shit. Well, the way
1: I, I thought he just had like a straw, and who
0: knows, maybe it's no. a running shirt. No. Okay, okay. No, no. I think he, he just took a just took a dump, and he, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, no, that, that's fucking hilarious. I like I don't encourage that behavior, but if it happened, I'd appreciate the fucking innovation and the, the, <laughs> the boldness and risk that it takes to take a, a dump outside of the bathroom setting. Probably no toilet paper. Stealthily, stealthily in, inside a small container as a prank. There's a lot of work and thought there's involved lot. in that. There's yeah. a
1: lot of work there, but I've taken a few public deuces, and uh, it's it's hard to do. I bet you feel st- like you, so, you got to make sure there's some some cover on at least two sides of you.
0: Yeah, I think a buddy of ours. We we we, uh, we went to to Joshua Tree, and like right when we got like the not ten minutes later, he's like, I gotta take shit, guys. <laughs> And, and there's nothing. There's wilderness. There's nothing. It's just a fucking yeah. desert. So, well, I mean, you can go over yonder and just. <laughs> yeah. So he did. He did. He just went in the, like, in the middle of, no, of just standing surrounded by Joshua trees, uh, took a dump. And he said it was one of the most liberating feelings feelings he's ever had. Nice. <laughs> I, so We should all just start taking dumps in public people.
1: Yeah. Also, something about Joshua tree, this brings it out in you. There's a, uh, uh, I don't know if you know that that stretch a highway, like right after the casino
0: oh i after I've, morango I've yeah i've been on it i don't know the name of it, it there's a stretch of highway
1: this is like kind of like you know you're getting into the desert there is a casino and then you go into joshua tree from there and there is nothing for a long time yeah. you go up hills and mountains and one time it hit me like a ton of bricks and i thought it was gonna happen <sighs> Oh shit. I was so close. Oh in man. F- in front of my girlfriend at the time, too.
0: Oh, there's no coming back from that. Uh, that relationship no. is strained right from that point on. Yeah, I think that's what uh, did us
1: in. Was <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. I saw a part of you no man should ever see of you, Alex. Yeah,
1: I may I made it, but I thought that was the day. Oh man, I, I almost shit myself day.
0: driving one time too yeah. I was speeding home. <laughs> 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 fucking made it though. Some haven't made it every time. That's a some problem. Some problem.
1: Sometimes I think about if a cop pulled me over right now. I think I would just go home, like lean out my window. I really have to like give me the ticket, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm going inside to take care of this, and we can, you know, we can sell this shit later. Yeah, all right? yeah. Because this shit can't wait till no, later. No, 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 no. Tsunami. God damn it. But and now we did Brit proud by talking about poop for a while.
0: We'll we'll get into it well, cause there, oh there, yeah there's more poop that's stuff that's
1: right i forgot there is uh, more poop stuff so
0: yeah Brett and Brian met uh in like, t- Ch- like children. children they were, like 11 12 and um
1: they went to a school where this, the school's like you make your own rules it's
0: it was like called the brown school it's like it was a kind of artsy it was just like they took a really hands off approach yeah. to pedagogy which is like i mean i'm cool with that but i bet they didn't learn but they were saying in the dogs like I and mean, we didn't do we didn't learn much we didn't, yeah. Oh, uh, it was cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <But> like,
0: <laughs> I mean, that's why they're so fucking quiet. But yeah, they're like you know, kind of inseparable best friends, and uh, <clears throat> then they they got into the hardcore scene, and they were you know fucking kids when when it was going on. So, the I didn't, I'm not too familiar with the Louisville hardcore scene. I I, I know the name, the band. Uh, Malignant growth, mm-hmm. uh, which is like the biggest band from Louisville, which is like the funniest sentence I've ever said, <laughs> like the biggest band from Louisville, malignant growth, like no one, is, like <laughs> even, even amongst punk circles, that's like, who? who?
1: Yeah, it's very like interesting, like the, the brief section they spend on it, learning like, oh, there is like an art and punk scene in, yeah. in Louis- Louisville.
0: Well, during the 80s, man, it was, it was all over, like the Midwest was a very condensed part Uh, part of the country where all those bands are coming from because they were desperate for something like Mm -hmm. there's nothing to do and everybody's like a fucking rag dude so a lot a lot of great bands came from midwest and a lot of them ended ended up some more veering toward you know chicago area that was a really big scene and then um but where are the where where the ones are big scenes i forget but there's like a lot of good bands that came from like the middle of nowhere like i think think decoy came from middle of nowhere like milwaukee and stuff uh it's it's, yeah it was a really interesting time but they were fucking children though. They were like yes. like little yes. kids and they were in this hardcore band. So they go to play a show. And I think the guy from Malignant Youth was saying that they were too small to even carry their in. They and they had to have <laughs> other like grown men or just uh, yeah. older kids bring it in. Like these fucking children are here. Yeah. It's, like, it's so endearing, but like, holy, holy shit, man. <laughs> it's yeah. Fucking. I mean, I've done that. I was old enough to carry my app, but I was like 13 when I yeah. first started doing shows. It's like, it's fucking weird looking, man. <laughs>
1: uh i i feel like yeah i've uh not like playing the show part but like gone with friends and we've we've been those kids where it's like who the right of them like
0: yeah the first first show i went to was a punk band called seven seconds and that was i was 12 Oh shit, 12 yeah and like it seems like a, a weird place for a 12 year old but at the very least the people that my brother's uh, they put that like, we were in the, uh, the fucking balcony. Mm-hmm. So at least it it wasn't like I was, you know, getting smacked by sixteen year olds or anything. But still, that's uh, it's funny to imagine. So like they did that. Um, and then after after that, two it kind of split into two bands. bait was one of them, where Britt and Brian were now playing there. Brian guitar vocals, uh, Brit drums vocals. In case we didn't uh, mention it earlier, and. They were they were kind of successful. Like they they, I think they put out a few records. They did some touring. Uh, Brick got tired of it and then went and formed Maurice with David Pajo, who later joined Slint. David uh, Pajo, along with a million other bands, also yeah.
1: like unsung guitar hero. I think he is. It's, it's not the same under- band if they don't have David.
0: He's it's- one of the most underrated guitar players, and he's he's appreciated more now, yes. which I'm glad. Yeah, but he's still very much an, an under an underground guy. He's improved so many things just with him being there. He's a, he's a fucking great dude. I don't know about personally, but I mean he seems cool. He but seems
1: like, yeah, this like the rest of the dudes. Yeah.
0: like well, he, Honestly, he seemed a little bit more like a human than the rest of all them. The rest of them seemed kind of deadpan. He seemed at least like a little bit charming. He had
1: emotions. Yeah. He's wearing a Meshuga shirt.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> doc, he is wearing a Meshuga shirt. Uh, so yeah, so they joined that. They split into two, those two bands. And uh, what am I saying? Yeah. Yeah. So Britt opted for Maurice Brian stayed in squirrel bait. And then, uh, eventually uh, the thing happens with Maurice where, uh, I think it was a singer for Maurice who looks like fucking comedian, Robert Kelly. Uh, it he does. He, uh, he befriended Danzig out of the Sam Haines show, which is like the funniest thing to imagine. Cause you hear this guy talking, talking like hot, like kind of like Bobby Kelly, like just like a fast talking kind of like, kind of like, uh, really uh salt of the earth really blue mm-hmm. collar kind of fucking this fucking guy over here obviously he didn't have a new york accent but uh him ta- imagine him talking to danzig just that makes me laugh that yeah, the image of them yeah. hitting it off it's like huh really <laughs> but so yeah someone I I asked Morris to open for them and that was actually pretty that was pretty, pretty neat i think more uh brit was 14 when that happened
1: yeah fucking 14 dude that's that's insane
0: yeah but i think uh so, so to finally lead into talking about the band uh, the we the way I at least registered, registered to me was like the m- kind of moment that they kind of became Slint was Pajo started listening to the Minutemen, yep, and then he's like I should start playing with clean guitars,
1: and the people more didn't like it.
0: Well, the singer didn't like yeah. it. He's like, what the fuck do I do here? Yeah. So they 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 wrote one song and it was mostly clean. It was super proggy. It was almost it was like a fast faster more aggressive Slint, and that was kind of like the first Slint song. And after that, they broke up and just changed the name uh got a new bass player obviously the singer was no longer there brian came back and uh now we got slint
1: yes and they uh yes they uh they wanted to be on touch and go and uh approached steve albini about recording their first album after you know shows and stuff
0: yeah it's funny there was like Man, there's some shows. Uh, I think their first show was before they were were named. They were called Slim.
1: Oh, at the church?
0: It was at a Unitarian church service that that Brit's parents organized, pretty much, or something like that. And
1: I don't think they did, because that's one I, like, they seem cool, whatever. But then they were like, oh, we were, like, worried it was, like, some kind of cult or, like... Wait, when did they say that? Uh, That was their church. Okay, I don't know why the hell they said that, then, like... I did not imagine that.
0: I I thought they were talking about the band, like the band itself. Like
1: I thought they were talking about like, I thought they were talking
0: about the fucking fan letters.
1: I thought they were talking about like the fucking church. I thought it was someone else's. I don't know. I'm going to go back and rewatch this shit. Now I
0: I think it was, I think it was, well, maybe it wasn't, you know, I fucking forgot, but either way it it is a weird first show. (laughs) It's very weird. Yeah. Like, this kind of band, any kind of non-Christian rock band, because they all fucking suck, but any kind of non-Christian rock band playing at a at a church is just... How is that a good idea? Like, how is it... It, it does not seem like a good idea. And it wasn't here, because yeah. nobody was interested. It was a full-on service. Like, the way it's, you know, the, the aisles and stuff.
1: Like, it's it's fucking whack. Like, someone kept one of the, like, programs, and it's, like, chanting hymns yeah and then like rock music performed yeah. by and then whatever the fuck yeah it was some
0: stupid weird name that they they just put as a placeholder
1: like tuffled
0: hair or yeah uh, beans or beads or something like that i forgot um but after that they changed the name to slint which i was always curious about what the hell it was It's just, it was just a made-up word that brit named named his fish yeah, yeah. It's like someone just made it up. Like everything is about about them is boring. The the the, the there's it's, no origin story. Everything is fucking boring. It's, it's just amazing music. It's the finding
1: out about the origins of their stuff is like being around people who will like have a good laugh at something you think is random, and then they tell you the inside joke, and you're like. It's not that funny.
0: You guys. had to be there. You had to fucking be there, dude. That's that's the whole thing with inside jokes. Is like you can't it, you can't, you can't incite, replicate.
1: Yeah, you can't
0: inside someone else. Like either you were there when it happened, or like but, you you understand it, but you just don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a uh, and it, it also uh, speaking of inside jokes, that's all Brit and Brian were according to everyone. Mm-hmm. And Imakai e- e- is in the documentary too, and even he was like, yeah, it's like. I mean, they just, it was weird just being like, they're, just, they're, they're clearly doing like a thing that no one else gets except for them. It's yeah.
1: Like, like and what I, was it? Like, if someone farts, you have to touch the doorknob. Oh, and dude, hold on. Yeah. Did you have that
0: game growing up? No. I sure did. Yeah. I Maybe mean, it's a fucking hood thing, dude. Because I, I remember when I first saw this document. The hood in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> dude, we're all dirt poor. We're all garbage. So, like, uh, the, the, the fucking door... Anybody who's trash knows that there's a, a, a game that young men t- like to play where... If you, someone farts, they have to say, uh, for us, it was, you have to say safety. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, if you fart and you don't say safety, if someone else in the same room says doorknob, they start punching you until you can grab a doorknob. Yeah. That is, who, what fucking psychopath invented that game? I don't know, but it 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 had it's some thing apparently. It had some widespread appeal apparently. Yeah. So they played a game quite like that. Imakai was there one day. And he's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? He's like, oh, yeah, if you, if you fart, you have to go grab a doorknob or else you start punching, punch, uh, he's like, you get punched. He was like, go ahead, punch me, punch me. I dare you to punch me. I was <laughs> like, I don't fucking do that. I'll play that shit. Which is <laughs> like the most respectable answer to when you, some asshole says, oh, if you fart, I'm going to hit you. Like.
1: <laughs> also, like, what a dick move! Like, it wasn't set up before; it was like after the fact.
0: Well, I but mean, I, think I you know it's not like up. no. this yeah. it's just stupid. It's kids being kids. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. And clearly, Ian was older than them, and I played that when I was like 14 uh, as well. Like, you know, I don't fucking whatever. It's really stupid, but because I don't know what I'm going to talk about, it. Yeah, uh, I
1: remember a friend coming up with fart football. Uh huh. And I believe it's like 20 or 30 minutes. And you get points for your your farts. Uh-huh. Like the good ones are seven. The weak ones are Touchdown. like three. Okay. And then whoever has the most points at the end of like 30, 20 minutes.
0: However. How many people shit themselves playing this game? <laughs> no one that I know of. Man, that's, <laughs> that's like I get it on paper as a funny idea, but just in the room, <laughs> it must be a fucking nightmare <laughs> to be just in that room. Awful. Yeah. Dude, that sounds, it's just stupid.
1: <laughs> I remember my mom getting pissed about how bad my
0: bedroom would smell. That's a valid reason, dude. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, but wait, what am I calling? What we're saying? Uh, oh, yeah, one last story because before I move on. Uh, big Jesus lizard fan. I'm I'm assuming you like them at least. Yes. For, fucking the song. I mean, the song "Mouth Breather." I think it's that's one of the better songs. About it's the, about Brit. It's yeah. about Brit. Which I remember I, I, when I first heard this. Fucking story! I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how fucking brilliant it was. Like, so anyway, anybody doesn't know this is a song called "Mouth Breather" by the band Jesus Lizard. The guy of David Yao with the shit cup. That's the band he sung for. Um, and in the song, the main, the most intelligible line. It's like a recurring chorus line. Is don't get me wrong, he's a nice guy. I like him just fine. But he's a mouth breather. And that is a direct quote from Steve Albini about Britt Walford. Yeah, because he. <laughs> He, asked, he was tired of it. He asked him, he asked Britt to house it for him when he was going out of town one, for one weekend or so. And right, like right the beginning, like almost immediately, Britt locked himself out. So his solution was to kick the front door in, nail it shut with a two by four, and then do all his comings and goings through the window in the, from the attic. So that was like already like, okay, that's a really fucking stupid. Stupid, S- like uh, crazy. It's insanely stupid and also wildly, like, hard to do. Yeah. Like, it's, it's hard to be an idiot like that. Like, yeah. Holy fuck! And then, in the same, the same house sitting trip, uh, he fucked up his toilet and he, like he clogged it up. And he caused the entire bathroom to flood and it started leaking piss water all over uh, Albina's studio like, on the, on the oh, lower didn't floors. Oh, I that part. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he just fucked up Albini's house <laughs> so bad. So Albina's like, hey, man, don't get me wrong. He's a nice guy. Like, just produce some mouth breather. Yeah. And that's, I mean, goddamn. That's one of my favorite music stories maybe ever.
1: It sounds like more ideas people pitched for an Encino man script than a thing, a real life person would do.
0: Yeah. So it's like hearing, hearing all these stories about Brett being this fucking wild prankster jackass and then looking at him talk and he's not, he's not emoting at all. Like he laughed a couple times maybe, but it's just, it's just wild. Like fuck man, you really don't know people. You don't know people. Like you fucking think you know people. You don't know shit. It's why it's, it's almost beautiful, but so I guess we, I by,
1: by far, probably one of the longest setups we've ever done.
0: Good, because they have three records, two albums, one EP, uh, very brief lifespan, extremely brief. Uh, first album came out in 1989, last album, 1991. And uh, oh boy, Alex, you ready? I'm ready. Well, let's do it. This is uh, 1989's Tweez. Oh Oh, all right.
1: That could be a big black riff.
0: Yep. 100%. That can't. That jazzy. No. no.
1: They're, uh, Their voices on these tracks, you can tell they're real. Real,
0: real Dweeby? Young. Yeah. Yeah. Real Dweeby, real young. That's that's Brian, he sounds just like Steve Albini except like more of a bitch. <laughs> I love the guy, but you know, he just sounds doeby. I love this guitar line.
1: Is, and this is Pauge. Huh? This is David.
0: Uh yeah, oh, pa- okay. pa- Yeah, yeah, yeah so. sorry, Paho. Oh, it takes a minute, but this song really fucking, it rips. Oh, God damn it. All right. Yeah. I really fucking, I really,
1: are, I, really I really love that song. Are we doing accolades on this? Episode? Yeah. That, we're doing accolades. Yeah. favorite. favorite. Same.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no contest wars. This is not that great of an album. And I, I like it. I, I actually I thought, I thought I was going to like hate it more because mm-hmm. I used to not like this album at all. I like it just
1: fine. I think it's one of the best albums I've ever given Worsley's favorite to. It is,
0: it might be my, I think it's my number one favorite, worst album. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I've listened to this from my own free will. <laughs> it's like,
1: it's amazing, but when you're only dealing with three pieces of. Uh, hot
0: garbage. Yeah, I know, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Dude, fucking.
1: So. Also, I like that they pulled a. They thought it'd be funny to pull a shotgun on Steve Albini. Oh
0: fuck! I forgot about that, yeah. dude. That's such a wild story. So it was a. Uh, oh man, it was the, It was recording. No, it was. Was it this album or the EP? After it this? was
1: the. It was this one. It was
0: this one. So the only member I believe that Steve Albini didn't know was the bassist. I forgot the bass. Evan is it oh, Ethan? A, uh, Ethan something on here uh ethan no, no, yeah ethan buckler e- yeah ethan buckler so albini didn't know did, had never met ethan so these guys thought it'd be hilarious they're like hey ethan why don't you go up there with a shotgun and you knock on the door you point it at him when he answers the door it so
1: was he- uh it was empty and it, it it was a like gift like oh you're but yeah
0: so they did that yeah and albini uh well he promptly uh, slammed the door. And then, like thirty seconds later, he opens. He's like, "All right, come on in." Yeah. <laughs> it looks like, so it's. I love that that they knew he would be smart enough to get. Like, okay, all right. Yeah, like that would never ever fly these days. Like, ever fly these days? No, no. no. That's this back in fucking eighties when people just walked around holding guns just everywhere.
1: Also, I guess you're in Kentucky, so. <laughs>
0: well, they. No, they, I don't know drew, where the studio. They drove to Chicago. Okay, yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure. Well, you know what? I don't know exactly if if is always in Chicago. I yeah. think it's a safe bet. But yeah, so this album, I think, is not only their weakest, but holy crap, this has some real problems. Like it has what I okay. What I like about it is that you do hear all the potential that would, thankfully, get mm. elaborated upon. But number one reason why I, I find this to be a tough listen sometimes. That, that fucking guitar. It, really? That, I think it's a miserable, miserable guitar tone. And I didn't, I've I i heard, I've heard that criticism of the sub before. Like the guitar specifically is a, is a really weird, cheap sound that kind of hurts it. And I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And this time I finally understand it because of specifically, which songs? Um, it's for sure Rhoda is one of them. And where, what's the other one? What's the other one? You know what? It's it's that was the only one that that really offended me. But most of them kind of have this. It's really chorusy. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a like if Kirk Obain's guitar tone sucked, like like a worse version of the Kirk O'Bain sound where it's very it's big and chorusy and a little bit echoey and almost has like a metal edge to it, where it has that chunkiness, but there's no punch. And every time there's like a big fucking, you know, payoff, every time there's a big culmination, everybody kind of comes in it just feels flimsy and it feels like there's no real real kick.
1: It's uh, it's funny how the bass player Ethan would end up leaving the band because he did not like the way it he sounded. Like it. Yep. He bl- a lot of you blame Steve Albini for. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny like when they interview both of them, they're both this like I would have done that. They're both like yeah. man so, enough to be like, I Oh would, yeah, I would have done it different. Yeah, exactly. Steve was different.
0: like, he, uh, I think he blamed me for not liking anything. You know what? He's he's probably right. Yeah. He's, yeah. Right. he's probably right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, like, again, you're just trying shit. And it's, at the time, like now we can look back. At all of Albini's work and be like, Albini's the fucking man. Like, no one captures a live sound the way that guy does. But he wasn't always Albini. This is '89. He he's was still well, yeah, yeah coming up. And like the big, the big black records, we did them too, by the way. The big black records, they sound good, but they don't sound like Albini good, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, this is just he's always experimenting. Even with In Utero, he was experimenting. I think he taped microphones to the floor and shit. Like, like just yeah. he was always always fucking around trying to find something new. And uh. So this one, yeah, I think everything sounds pretty good. Those drums sound fantastic, as most Albany drums sound. Yep. Not to mention that Brit loves a big drum, and I love me a big drum.
1: Yes, his...
0: Like a fucking 87-inch bass drum with no padding in it. It's just... That was
1: the... uh it's a fucking queef. I love it. That was the thing that, like, blew me away when I saw them live, which I almost missed because... Uh... Fye, what should be called Fuck Yeah Festival? It was fucking animals. Like couldn't get in, and I'm like, I'm gonna miss. Oh, like oh, oh,
0: okay. You mean uh, FyF? F- did, you say, oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: did you say Fye?
1: Sorry, that's the- right. Yeah. <laughs> F-Y- yeah FyF, <laughs> Fuck Yeah Festival yeah. in LA. Used to be this little thing. Now it's this gigantic thing, and I went. And I was so excited to see Slint. And we were in line for like an hour or more. Mm -hmm. Like, because we had got there early because Slint played early. And it was like, okay, well, you need to like get there to like get in, you know, a good seat or whatever. And the line was not fucking moving. And I I think... uh, for our, my friend Dylan, he took control, found a way in, and we just like yeah. ran in, and we we caught them. And yeah, that's I w-
0: lucky. That would have been a fucking. I
1: would have. Uh, I would. I will. I was still trying to get my money back because just because you almost cost me
0: legendary show. Yes. They don't play ever. Yeah, I yeah. would been very upset. Um,
1: but yeah, I was just like blown away by like how good those drums sound live too. There like is, it carries uh, yeah. over to like everything they do
0: it's really it's it's you don't realize how rare it is until you see someone do it right and brit's like such a fucking brilliant musician he's like god damn this his choices are always so not only are they does he reel it back when he needs to and it's subtle but when he does something weird it's like it's like it's like the drums have their own their own Arrangement's a stupid word. Uh, it, they have their own melody, essentially. Mm-hmm. You'll throw in like this weird little bell thing, and then you'll always hear that bell thing. It's like, it's the same thing that they do with harmonics. They'll throw in a, one little harmonic note in the middle of a riff, and it, it, on first listen, you might think it's an accident until you keep hearing it repeating. Like, well, mm-hmm. oh, that's part of the riff.
1: Because, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't repeat in like a, a 4 4 or like bar type thing where you're like, oh, I know when that's going to come in. Or, at least not on first listening. You like, be like really on the, have yeah, to on
0: on the on, the, on the like the the offbeat or whatever or the the upbeat or something where yeah you'll hear a thing just come in when you, when you don't expect it. Just it makes it sound a lot bigger than it is. It's very mm-hmm. Ginger Baker esque, where every limb is doing a different thing. and mm-hmm. It kind of makes the drums sound four times as big. So it's very jazzy in that sense. I and mean, obviously he's like he's uh, he would play with jazz guys later on and blues guys and stuff and. You know, musician well versed, you know, that's saying that's not saying anything too controversial, I don't think, but
1: uh, songs that I like since uh, since Mike's done shitting on the band that he loves, not even
0: close, not even close. <laughs> I have a lot of shitting on this album. <laughs> I like not <laughs> Nanding, N- N- best, my favorite song on the album, yeah, by, this, far, by far.
1: That's also like captures what Slint is. It's kind of ugly, it's kind of pretty, yeah, it's.
0: Yeah, put put on that bitch. That song, it's so to the point and so gorgeous. Instrumental. Well, okay, we'll talk about the vocals. It's they're very complicated vocal band.
1: (laughs) 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 Fucking drum, dude. Nice and bright. Oh yeah.
0: This is one of my uh, favorite drum lines, I think, ever on this next riff.
1: That's
0: just like, oh, Oh, man. Goddamn. It's so nice. So good, yeah. I fucking lose it to this song. Those fucking drums, man! Oh God, so fucking good. Uh, yeah, it's lovely. It's driving. It's lovely. Those fucking yeah, they give me goosebumps, man. Uh, but vocally, this band is not a singy band. They're they're like the, one of the earliest post rock bands, I guess you can call it.
1: Yeah. Also, the um, I mean, this one I didn't really like pay attention to the the vocals because it's just like conversations they recorded
0: yeah ambient mean conversations some kind of it, it, everything last minute the vocals to these guys were so not a fucking like they did what vocal what no vocals who gives a shit these guys didn't care about vocals at all they for every record pretty much every record with vocals they like wait to the last second to fucking mm-hmm. get it done which i completely understand i literally do the same thing myself but like uh, so here it was like, oh, let's just hit record. And, you know, whatever, we're you know, just pick up the ambient conversation. We'll throw that in there. And the opening song, Ron, you hear, oh, Steve, these headphones are fucked up. Yeah, Obviously, regular conversation. And the other thing they did was make a bunch of fucking racket, dude. They just like clanging and hitting stuff. And it's super annoying. I don't think it's a deal breaker, but it is fucking annoying.
1: Also, I didn't I didn't I guess I didn't catch it. But uh, on top of rackets. You know what else they like to record? What's that, Alex? Buttholes.
0: What? What? They record poo?
1: They do. They do. This band loves shit. Dude, it was <laughs> <it's> fucking hilarious. <laughs> it is funny because it was taken from a tape they made called Anal Breathing.
0: Anal Breathing, yeah. Uh, so there's a clip. It sounds like a guy taking a shit because it, yeah, it is uh, most likely. W- most likely is. They, so during the doc, I think it's Lance, director, asked Brit. Uh, so, uh, is there any truth to uh, you know th- 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 someone taking a shit? And he just laughs. And he laughs. He laughed, and he said, oh, yeah, no, "No comment on that. No comment." Yeah. <laughs> Which means, yeah, of well, course. You- also, I don't know what the
1: shame in. like. Oh, I recorded the noises of someone taking a shit. Well, <laughs> just, like, I don't know. Like, there's already a dude talking about how you took a shit in his coke yeah. like recording the noise of it is yeah
0: this the tip of the iceberg in fact i want to know more brit yeah. please let us know more yeah. so there's that and i think out of all the sounds all the vocals ambient stuff all the shit and the most offensive thing in terms of the goofy production with the random sounds by far the opening to kent i like Kent. i fucking hate that shit dude it's asmr of like someone drinking stuff with the whole the, the lip smacking and it's like it makes me fucking ugh. you're putting it on aren't you yeah. So, ah! oh yeah that's good i hate it so good people who like asmr are mentally ill What
1: i cater to
0: you <laughs> <laughs> you do alex <laughs> does asmr raps on our patreon Com/slash every <laughs>
1: is so like
0: that's short. a good riff though
1: yeah it's so short this is like i got some kraut rock vibes from this song there's like i don't know if it's like electronics or a, a keyboard or something i don't think it's
0: either of those things honestly uh, the i point, hate this fucking riff so much this is goddamn honky tonk so, from louisville oh yeah that's right so that that riff is the main reason i don't really care for that song i do think goddamn when is it um uh, maybe I have a timestamp here. Yeah. Around three twenty, uh, it picks up like a motherfucker and then it has this really, really long, uh, kind of minimal solo that I think is really good. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for that second half, I would fucking load that song. Uh, and then I also don't, I don't really like Charlotte. I think it's a good pacer. Mm-hmm. Like, like I like that it comes after Kent and it's like, it's way more angry, way more pissed off, way more ugly, honestly. Uh, so it feels good p- from a pacing standpoint, but I don't like the song. I think it's like, it's, it feels kind of sloppy, which is unusual for them. Uh, and it's also like super, super ugly, like just, ugh. Uh, but it, there's a lot of surprising diversity that sounds the same because it's, everything's produced so similarly. Mm-hmm. Every guitar sounds just like that. Everything sounds exactly the same from song to song, but you listen to this shit like fucking, what is it? Darlene? Damn near pop. You
1: know? Yeah, or like Carol, it's pretty groovy. Yeah. Pretty groovy.
0: Not to mention, it's like, it starts out like really fucking heavy too. It's got yeah. like almost a sludginess to it. Could have been a
1: Pantera song in Could've a different be. different universe.
0: <laughs> Man, that'd be a weird universe. But uh, yeah, like the the most disappointing song, I think for sure, was Rhoda to me because it has some oh, fucking yeah. awesome moments, but there's no punch. You can't the guitar feels like the weakest thing ever. And there's two I, of them. I, like, yeah,
1: I agree. Yeah. I agree with uh that song. I was like, this this is how you want to close out your album because I really liked Pat. Yeah. There's some like free jazz elements to it. Mm-hmm. And then Rhoda, the only one not named after their parents, named after a dog.
0: That's right. I was, uh, I was a Brits Doggy. Yeah, each each song is named after the parents of the members. And it, it's so funny to me because when I first Heard that fact, I thought like, oh, that's such a fucking indie rock white guy, you know, artsy no, thing to
1: do. It's just more of their like
0: inside, yeah. sh- jokey. According little- to them, I was like, I just thought it would be, I thought it'd be funny. It's yeah. <laughs> was like, all right, that's right. yeah. way less cringy. That's just all right. That's cute. The, hey. pa- the parents were like, I didn't put in the song everywhere. It's cool. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> they didn't care at all. Yeah.
1: It's just funny. Like, oh, this is Ron. And it's just a song that doesn't really reflect Ron.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, none of the songs are about anything. No, 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 no. Yeah. I think they were like untitled. And then, and then this slapped them off. Slapped the names. And that's kind of, that's their approach to, to lyrics and vocals for the most part, which is again, that makes their last album so surprising that lyrics are an afterthought and then you get so this makes sense you know like Mm -hmm. we didn't plan vocals we didn't plan lyrics uh and you you fucking notice (laughs) like you can tell whereas later on like these guys are poets by Mm -hmm. accident or something but uh yeah it's it's a rough album in a lot of areas uh i get the hate that it it, it gets i don't hate it i don't love it though at all
1: i don't think it's rough album i think it's enjoyable but, uh, and yeah. And we got the two, 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 two spectrums, two sides that go coin there, all right? There we go. Hell yeah. But, yeah, compared to everything else they did, I,
0: yeah. It's an easy worst in a yeah. very short discography. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So let's move on to their uh, only EP. This was released posthumously in 1994, but it was recorded in 1989. That's a little bit of like a surprisingly complicated backstory considering it's the same, it was the same year as Twee's. Mm hmm. It's like so. Fuck it. Let's just start at first. Yeah. This is uh, this is yeah. 1994's Untitled. I
1: had heard the other two albums before this. I never listened to this, and I'm so fucking mad. You never heard this before until now. This is
0: like one of my favorite Slint songs ever. Now. This is the first song they played live when I saw them. Nice. I have a very soft spot for this song. Yeah. It's already so much more mature than anything off tweez. It's insane. It's 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 a different band, pretty much. Um this is like I know it's like post rock,
1: but these are damn near like like prog songs. Yeah.
0: This was before post-rock was a thing though. Like this is way before post rock was a thing.
1: Well they kinda get the the they, accolade They get it retroactive. Of invent, like, yeah, like yeah. inventing it being some of the first people though. Cause yeah. I'm just like, oh man, this this could be an ISIS song.
0: Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. And this is a very both tracks here, only two tracks, very lengthy, very repetitive. A lot of slow building elaboration. And you know how much of a fucking sucker I am for slow buildup. That kind of oh yeah,
1: that's what this EP is. Yeah, it's uh, some of the most like rewarding thirteen minutes. Yeah. in and music.
0: God damn, this is a fucking incredible band.
1: Man, um, yeah, fucking awesome. Awesome EP. I just thought, like, oh, it might, it's this, this is going to be like a quick little, like, throwaway. Yeah.
0: It seems like that, doesn't it?
1: And then, like, I love that song so much. And then I, the next one is a different version of Rhoda. What fucking, I believe,
0: redeems itself pretty hard. Way better.
1: Way better. It's what made me confident in saying I don't like the tweeze exactly, version. Exactly. Exactly.
0: It's like, three times as long. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of like, it's almost like a different song, but it it retains the same heaviness. It retains like the, the killer riffs that made the original even interesting at all. Mm -hmm. It's really fucking good. But like the, the backstory here is like Ethan hated how tweeze came out and just like left the band. He went to start King Kong, I believe. And then I believe uh, it was David Pajo's friend, Todd Brasher. He jumped in and replaced him. And I don't know. He's fine. He fits like a good glove. He, he was clearly a great addition to the band or whatever. And I, I guess Albini had pre-book studio time and then had, you know, I guess extra studio time and he had no one, nowhere to fill it. So he was like calling bands. And then uh, Slim took the offer. Like, all right, we'll, oh, we'll,
1: we'll fucking, we'll do it. Also, like, they got to be, I don't know if the the house sitting for Albini was before or after. but Might have been, it, um, you know, been before. They had to be so low on the list after... Oh, I know. Well, <laughs> that's true. Maybe. because like I'm just assuming things. Because I'm just assuming like yeah, he it, has a list of bands that he likes that he's trying to get, yeah. and then it's like the mouth breather. The mouth uh, breather, at the bottom. yeah.
0: <laughs> but to be fair, I think I think he, he really liked the he band. He like separate the two. But I think he really liked the band as a yeah. band. I think he really liked working them, with them on Tweez. He seemed like he had like a good, a good experience with it. And this is like... It's so wild that this was recorded the same year. It's unbelievable.
1: It's, it's insane. It's yeah. the same
0: fucking year. Guitars are now beautiful. Crystal, clear, mm. and none of that weird chorusy bullshit. The, the heavies are heavy. They don't feel like uh, kind of spread too thin the way they, they did on Tweez quite a bit. And now all of a sudden they're taking their time. Because Tweez was like 30 minutes long. It's super fucking short. Camp was a little longer, but everything yeah. else was like th- two three minutes.
1: What's it's funny in the documentary, like that has always been like in the band's DNA. Like they talk about playing like a battle of the bands. <laughs> Fuck. And taking like an hour to set up. It took an hour and a half and, to set up. And tuning for absurd lengths of time. And between and, songs. So it's like, it's always
0: been in there. It's so fucking funny. They, they should footage of that. Of them just tuning it's at that show. Fucking funny, it's hilarious. Yeah. Everyone's getting all pissed off at them because they're not playing. Man, imagine setting up for an hour and a half. Like seeing them do it. Like yeah. seeing these fucking kids trying to. It makes them seem like fucking mouth breathers. You know why kids tolerate that shit? Because you have
1: nowhere else to be that night. What else are you going to fucking do? All you need is a roof
0: where you can drink your 40. That's what you that's, need as a teenager. That's
1: what it's mainly for. The yeah. bands are purely window dressing.
0: Unless your buddy's band and you go to, yeah, yeah. to, that's all those things are anyway. Yeah. Uh, but that that's fucking hilarious. But yeah, now they're taking their time musically. They're they're jamming on stuff more. And this is one of the time that you start seeing the rehearsals where the rehearsals are just playing on a single riff for hours Mm -hmm. and just seeing what happens with that and fucking brilliant writing comes from that because you just when you're playing something for that long you're gonna get bored of it so you start playing with stuff to change it up and all of a sudden you've got a new element to the riff now you have like an an extension of it now you have a fucking more complex thing just by playing with the thing for, for so long and the fact that they were all so good at that type thing turns into songs like this so the whole thing is instrumental which is obviously it makes no difference because mm-hmm. they're you don't even notice when their songs don't have singing because it's just so it's so minimal anyway but they they feel so fleshed out and deep and it sounds beautiful it almost sounds like like a fucking different everything different band different uh, producer different studio it sounds different everything
1: yeah, fucking was not expecting to like an EP this much, and uh, I don't know why I was like, oh yeah, I'll just listen to these two albums and never sought this out before. Yeah. So glad I have it in my life now. Angry, I didn't.
0: Yeah, Uh didn't even fucking, the whole time I have the fucking. The whole time. Jesus, that's the cover, people. Jesus Christ. I, I forgot to switch it on the video. There is the cover. It's actually one of their best covers, really it's pretty cool
1: yeah because there's not really anything else going on in their other covers
0: yeah anyway it's good ap hypnotic soothing uh confident confident as shit confident and patient but we got one more the one and uh we're already an hour and we might take another hour talking about this one
1: dude if you talk about this album for an
0: hour i'm gonna i should not be allowed to talk about this album that's that's how much i like this so it's just not fair so let's fucking get into it all right this is 1991's spiderland there's
1: six fucking
0: songs mike (laughs) six brilliant perfect songs yes i was looking for the pirate when i saw
1: this also, this is very velvet. Because these sound like they were recorded on purpose. This is very velvet underground. Defend I yourself. I don't hear it
0: even a little bit. Just Not just even a little bit.
1: The whole, like, just reading. Like oh, you spoken word? Uh, yeah. That's, that's
0: oh. an element of a lot of poster rock. I don't want to associate with. <laughs> yes. uh, what I associate with velvet underground, underground is the annoying female vocals <laughs> and Lou Reed. Yeah.
1: I. No, I doubt they were the first man, but no, I no. do yeah I do the uh, Well I
0: also heard these these guys before Velvet Underground yeah. way before. I back which is weird the I think. No this whole I sh a ball on the table. I do not I don't, I, don't I, mean, I heard them years yeah, before Velvet I Underground. Really there's no there's no association. said okay. Sat down. And I thought about
1: it, it. I asked
0: her if she- Oh we got to get to that pop. Got to get to She's that pop. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is one of the best fucking openers I've ever heard. It is in my life, in my life. Oh god, it sounds good. Oh, simple but not, you know? Yeah, it also
1: like the first yeah.
0: And the the vocals sound pretty good here.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: God damn I love this. I'm getting I can't control the smile. That's how much I love this shit. This is what made me this is what made me what I what I like in any kind of music.
1: This is uh yeah this is one of the albums where the the hype is real it's, it, it's real it deserves all the hype it gets best personal, best favorite. personal favorite this is yeah. uh this is one of those albums where you hear it and you're like yep that's why it's a classic
0: that this is one of the my favorite albums of all time obviously i own a vinyl of it and i don't even listen to vinyl uh i this was uh, yeah again one of those albums here at 13 and then now no music is the same i've been chasing the high of this album ever Mm -hmm. since it obviously i've I've found other highs similar, but like it gets harder when you get older it's just
1: just like a junkie oh i've i've had it all what what do you kids got you don't got anything it's fucking
0: dark and i love this so much that i started going down rabbit holes of bands that were loosely associated that were you know, the really early post rock bands like Rodan and uh June of 44 and stuff like that, where it has like a lot of the spirit, a lot of like, you know, taking the time, a lot of you hear the slint in it, but it ain't slint, man. There's something yeah so fucking special about this record that was just you can't replicate anything like this. You try to write something like this, you it won't be you'll feel wrong and it won't. I it couldn't even explain. It yes. There's something so special about every one of these songs that does something very different. There's no two songs that do the same thing. And, you know, six albums, 40-something minutes, lengthy songs, but like, like you even you hear... You don't feel it. Oh, God, it's just... So, Breadcrumb Trail, I mean, what an opener. Where it's like it, it lures you in with this really pretty kind of mid pace. you know, right? This is nice and it's, it's, a, it's like a rock song, but it's gentle, and then that fucking breakdown. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, it's just... Powerful, and honestly, the, the lyrics are pretty fucking nice. It's like these, these guys talking about who is telling a story of he goes to see a fortune teller at a carnival, and instead of asking for the fortune, he asks her to go on a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, it's like a really sweet thing, and then she throws up at the end of the roller coaster, and like they leave, and it's like a really it's like a st- an interesting sweet story. For once, I'm the mic, and yeah. I didn't like. I know, yeah. I know so much about this album and yeah. this band, <laughs> like uh it's it's really ridiculous, but. So before we get into like each song, I guess uh
1: they broke up shortly before it was released.
0: Oh yeah, they they went to college and stuff and all that. Uh, well, fucking lamos. Yeah, fucking we losers. Need sex shit uh, these days. No one. Yeah. Drop out people.
1: Uh, gang traction in the UK before like becoming a cult classic anywhere else. The UK like, that is put the this
0: common denominator, isn't it?
1: Uh Yeah, it's put fucking, this on the map.
0: But like the transformation. It seems like a massive light switch, like I said before, a transformation, where it's like, how the fuck also, are these the same guys that, that wrote Ron? You know, like, this doesn't make any sense. These are so deep and complex.
1: Also, I know they were uh, before they weren't on Touch and Go, but now they're on like a real record label. Yep. Yeah. But still, this has to be one of the best sounding like independent rock albums it is, ever. It is
0: one of the most beautiful sounding clear rock albums productions ever and it is barely touched like there is so little production on this it's like most of this is just what was in the room that's how good they were this is what they sound like also like always
1: produced by uh brian paulson right who was uh known for his live recording style and minimal takes so fucking nailed it dude. perfect for
0: so this oh, band. so the 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 a little bit of the a little bit more backstory was is a tweeze they wanted it to be on touch and go they sent in you know a promo for it they got no response and a buddy of theirs this i forgot her name is jennifer something i forgot her last name she's like i'll put it out so she just funded like just wrote her jennifer own. hartman so this started yeah. pretty much her own record label. And <laughs> she didn't run the re- it wasn't a record label it was just like well, it's a record label for this album. Yeah. And then she was just friends with them, put the money up, released the album. And that, that, that's like, that's a really sweet thing to do. But after, uh, yeah, they, they eventually, I don't know what what the hell happened. I think they, they were playing some shows and people, the way people describe their shows before this album was recorded was like the way I talk about how I saw them, where it's like, everyone in the room shuts the fuck up. You look and you pay attention and and that's it that's, yeah. there's nothing yeah. else happening that's good there's it's like so remarkable because they're not doing shit on stage they are standing there looking bored they're but not doing sounds, dick
1: but because it sounds so good
0: it sounds so good it's such a huge massive all around you sound so people see them performing songs from this album and they're like what the fuck holy shit and word spread pretty like like within that community yeah and that, i think that's how cory rusk was like, okay, all right, you, you you guys, all right, let's do it. So you get some studio time at this like really state-of-the-art, really fancy schmancy studio in like Minneapolis or something. And just like hearing about the recording of this album, it makes me like, it makes me like almost tear up with like, oh, I get it. Like I get things, like, they were so anxious about it. They were so like nervous and uncomfortable and they didn't know what they were going to do. Uh, like they were like procrastinating. That's crazy. They only had, because they only had three days to record it. Yeah. So they're, they're like, what the, what the fuck do we do? Like, uh, they're like procrastinating, finding excuses to leave the studio to go run errands and stuff. Yeah. They were just so nervous. It was such a big task. And then this shit came out. It's like, well,
1: yeah, if you Some, got it, you got it. Something worked. The studio is uh, River North in Chicago.
0: Chicago, Chicago. Okay. Yeah. I remember them saying it was like a seven hour drive or something like that. Yeah, man, that's fucking that's gnarly. But man, to, to think that because one thing that Brian Paulson was saying about this record was like, every time that they would try to do something like production related after into, to the recording, they would be like, it just doesn't seem right. Just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. So it, in the end, it just ended up being like no edits, no changes. It's just, yeah, they just, you know, just put whatever compressors or whatever the fuck you want to do to, to make it sound clearer. But like, otherwise, this is just a live band yeah it's it's amazing because there's certain things performance wise that let you know that they're playing live but you would never catch it unless you're you are you listen to it 150 times like mm. i have so nosferatu man which is
1: so good so so weird so good oh god uh yeah there's like more like it's screaming singing, but more more singing than like breadcrumb trail. Well,
0: there's just, still spoken word. Yeah, There's yeah. still plenty of spoken word, but a lot of screaming in it too. And again, the screaming isn't like harsh screaming. It's like him yelling desperately screaming. So mm-hmm. it feels so sincere and so honest. And and Brian was not a good singer or a singer. And he was like, he's he's like a legitimately timid, quiet dude and nerdy mm-hmm. dude. So like it, it feels so much more powerful when a guy like that is just losing it. But that song So, first of all, it has brilliant use of harmonics. Anyone who doesn't know harmonics, you tap the fretboard lightly in certain areas. It makes a ping. It makes a ping noise, pretty much.
1: I like uh, when they, like, can you explain harmonics to people who don't play guitar? And he's like, it's like. You you, you touch uh, it
0: lightly. It was the most uh, hilarious, awkward explanation of how to do a harmonic I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. I was just like, holy shit. It was very cringe. It It
0: was pretty funny, though. So. Brilliant user harmonics, you you hear them like I was saying before, you hear like one little harmonic in the middle of a riff one time. And then when the riff repeats, you hear that same little, it's like, holy shit, that's like that's calculated. Everything about this is super calculated. But there's one thing that I really love about this, it's such a subtle, tiny thing. The first time, the song goes distorted and loud. Mm-hmm. On the very last bar of that. They, they, they let it ring. They let it ring and then they go in and it goes back to the, the clean part. Dude, but there's yeah. one guitar. It's Pajo's guitar. It's still ringing with the distorted note. So every, the rest of the band has started the clean verse again. But he's still letting it ring. And on the one of the next measure, bam, it's clean again. So it sounds supernatural. I don't mean like Santana. I mean, it sounds very natural. I mean, it sounds smooth, like, like Santana, and, but, but like Santana. So it sounds as though like, you don't notice that that's a thing you could do live mm-hmm. until you see them do it. Like, Oh, that's just what he does live. It, it like, it sounds like you would need, I don't know, it's, it's a very natural thing. Everything about this is so natural. That's why uh, I think it's so hard to replicate a band like this because they yeah. were just that comfortable with these songs.
1: I think, uh, like this, moving on to other songs, washer is like perfect perfect one of the most perfect songs ever ever written like yeah 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 uh, and uh, it's again i forget what song uh i said was uh oh uh like nodding was like the prototype washer is fucking
0: washer is one of the most chillingly heartbreakingly gorgeous songs I think yeah I've, I've ever heard in my life yeah. and that 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 was a song as a kid I was like nothing will ever be the same <laughs> nothing no, will ever no. be the same and that's also the song where Brian sings real rough mm-hmm. real rough not a good singer and he's singing gentle very gentle and very quiet and he's not a singer but thing is that's the thing that pisses me off cuz that's the song that that girl said like I don't understand and that's also the same song that Albini when he first heard it was like that was a dumb thing. He shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And even in his glowing review that he wrote of this album when it came out, he he said like he referred to Brian's vocals on that song as pungent. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, no, no, that was my fault. Like, mm-hmm. to the fact that like I wasn't able to overlook it, no, it's, it's, the song is brilliant. It's yeah. the only thing, and I, it was listener error. Was like, that's, that's, that's what he said, listener <laughs> error. And I agree, because, yeah, his voice is rough, but that's not the fucking point. And The lyrics are actually pretty fucking heart-wrenching, but this... <sighs> <laughs> You gotta put it on. Yeah. You got because I can't no words can convey this main riff.
1: We're doing washer or yeah. Okay.
0: Such a quiet riff.
1: I I I missed that
0: for years when I was younger.
1: Also it's so funny like listening to the album and being into it and then it's like oh we want to show you guys something and <sighs> yeah
0: oh god damn it <laughs> yeah yeah I totally totally cried when they played this live yeah totally <laughs> completely I was yeah. in the front row I was like Yeah. Oh God. So the song, that song is like nine minutes and it's it's not long enough, you know? It's not, it's long, not enough. long enough. It's like a whole album of Washer. Dude, there are a few things in the fucking world as beautiful as that song. It's like there's like there's so many different things in it too, because it returns to that, that riff a lot of times, but at like five minutes in there's like a variation of it that's all it's altered so slightly like the bass is doing a different baseline. That's not quite as a, uh, as melancholy as that it's a little bit more groovy. So hearing that, that groovier baseline behind that super melancholy riff, all of a sudden it's like, Oh shit. That's like, it's a whole new mood to it. It's a whole new feeling to it, but it's still the same gorgeous ass guitar line. It's, it's just brilliant stuff like that. That again, only comes when you've been jamming on it for forever. And you just, what if I, do this instead. You guys keep doing that, but I'll try this instead, and mm-hmm. it, it harmonizes beautifully. It's a like, Yeah, that's that's a fucking band. That's a four dudes working together. Holy shit. A band that couldn't keep it together
1: for the release of the album. No,
0: but no. <laughs> they could not. But there's more.
1: Oh yeah, there's way more. There's yeah. so much more. Um I don't I I feel like you're going I don't really know how to, but like Good Morning Captain yeah. is just I think that's just like a masterclass in like this genre of rock music. Like it is, it is a full journey
0: for a band that doesn't do
1: prog rock. It is, it is a journey.
0: What I love about that is that, that main, the the main hook for most of the song, it's, it's it's this baseline. It's almost, it's kooky. It's almost poppy. Mm -hmm. It's like happy sounding, but that, Opening guitar line, which it returns to quite a bit, is so creepy and it is so unsettling and, and almost murdery. And
1: there, there's a, a murdery undertow to yep. this whole album.
0: Absolutely, there's a darkness throughout, throughout the entire entire thing. There's no real happiness. Like the beginning of Brick Trail is like nice and pretty, mm-hmm. uh, but even then, like there's still like a hint of melancholy behind all of it. It's like it's a I don't know what exactly what it is, but for that song, so that main, not that main thing, but the, the opening guitar line, they're like Gling, ling 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 Uh I always wondered why it sounded so eerie and kind of cold and thin. Did you find out? Oh, I found that <laughs> first first time first time I ever saw the this, this doc, I saw him playing saw Pajo playing it and realized again just the brilliance and just like fucking around the brilliance mm-hmm. that comes with just fucking around. He's everybody knows how you play guitar really you you strum here you you finger here well if you strum on the other side of your hand it makes pretty much no noise but at certain places it makes it, it gives these kind of undertones where it's the note but like a weird off version of the note mm, so like he
1: a bizarre world kind of like sure. yeah.
0: exactly like like a bizarre world like like the the upside down of yeah. of, of the guitar so he plays this riff all doing that strumming on the wrong side. And then as the song goes on, he switches it and finds this and plays the same thing, but clean. So it's like, it's, it's so smart. And you, again, it sounds like a production thing. That's that, uh, why I'm so floored by them as a band. is Cause that tone, you could, you could probably make it sound like that with just enough, you know, any mm-hmm. kind of studio effects, any kind of like just messing with the EQ and stuff, you can make it sound like that. But he fucking did it live. He just played the guitar weird to make it sound like that in real time. It's like that stuff. That stuff is why I love music so much. It's like figuring shit out and finding new stuff.
1: God damn, yeah. God damn, pal. Yeah.
0: I have more to say if yeah. you like. You want to hear more?
1: Uh, I got more, I plenty more to say. I mean, um, those are like the. uh, there's like two other songs but to me those are like the four the four songs we talked about are like the
0: i think donny man is as good as the rest i anagram for madonna (laughs) really yeah is that where it came from yeah i didn't know that Yep. wait where, where'd you find that out i've been place on fucking wikipedia holy shit the one thing i didn't check <laughs> <laughs> fucking that's hilarious because like i was like why is it a man yeah you no know, it's not a last name there's a comma there it's like you're, they're talking to a man but I'm anyway sure some stupid
1: inside fucking joke. of course it is yeah. of course
0: it is but so that song it's the like, complete and utter opposite it's like the most mellow well, it's not the quietest. It's the most mellow because mm-hmm. there's no drums at all. Uh, Britt's on guitar, on second guitar here. So it's just him and Pajo. Uh, there's a little bit of spoken word vocals from, from Brian, but it's mostly Brit doing them. And just two guitars. Two guitars going at it, no bass, no drums. That I can listen to that main riff for eternity. It's just, I don't know. It's just fucking Evil. It's like evil cowboy shit. I don't even know how. Evil it's evil like cowboy shit. evil sad cowboy. <laughs> it's so pretty. It's so pretty. And again, like just the, the the lyrics for all the songs, pretty for the most part. But that one particularly, they're vague enough to they're vague enough to really contribute to how lonely the song feels. Mm-hmm. That song is suicidal and lonely. That's it's like I, and I love that shit apparently because yeah, holy god, man, it, it's really fucking good and then the last song let's just briefly mention because we six songs
1: sure yeah for
0: dinner the only uh true instrumental song it feels like a that
1: is the quiet i and i know that's the quietest song because it was on my phone and we tried to sound check you cannot sound check with that song an
0: inaccurate sound check that (laughs) song it's very quiet it's the it's like a the it offers you the much needed respite after washer Mm -hmm. because it's like you just went through this emotional
1: battle. Oh yeah. You need some, some breather. That's also not ambient noise. Exactly.
0: It's pretty. It's very, very minimal, but it's, there's still a song there. Yeah. So song there. And it's also the shortest song. It's not short. It's like five minutes or something, but it's still the shortest song. So it's like, okay, we'll give you a little breather here, and then Good Morning Captain kind of fucks you up all over again. Another epic song, yeah. Dude, that when it gets crazy heavy and he starts screaming I miss you. Uh, ah! uh, yeah.
1: Ah! Yeah. That uh I mean the whole album hits you in the in the feels. It
0: really but. does. So there's another thing that I I cuz I really dissect this album and just to this day. I I find try to find something else to dissect about it. The
1: one, well, one day you're going to end up hating it like you did with, twi- like you with, did with
0: Tweeze. No, your- <laughs> I, I never liked Tweez. I never like Tweez. No, this one, this one, this is a... Oh. So it's like, it's super complex. Sure, everybody's doing a bunch of crazy stuff, but it's not, it's not brainy or anything. It's not math rock. It's not, mm-hmm. there's odd time signatures, but it's just because that's what the song is. It's not because they're trying to make something a little bit weirder or more complicated. So you hear when they go big, when they go super loud. It's always a really simple riff. Like, not simple in the way they perform it, but there's like only like maybe like a, it's not like a complicated math rock riff, you know? When yeah. they go loud, they want you to feel that, that we got here. We got here with this big ass riff. uh And then the more mellow stuff, you hear like the plucking and you hear the you
1: more know. intricate
0: stuff. Exactly. So it's also like them being familiar with, well, what works in our particular band setting? When we go loud, we're gonna be missing a lot of stuff here. So let's, You know, it's condensed. It's not like simple. They're still adding weird harmonics and doing a bunch of crazy stuff, but it's still very uh, you can. It's readable or legible, rather. I mean,
1: I mean, it it makes sense because when you go loud, you lose you lose things, and then when you're quiet, there's room to breathe and have these nice frilly
0: things. Freely things. Freely things is a nice way to put it.
1: Uh, yeah. I, don't, I didn't even know if that was a good verb. I was just going to throw it out there and Frilly. hope it landed. <laughs> uh,
0: so, vocals again here. I think through the... I think Good Morning Captain and breadcom Trail. Nope. And Washer. I forget. There's like, there's like a handful of songs that they were, um, were kind of written beforehand by Brian. Mm-hmm. He recorded demos like in his, mo- his parents' car in the garage. Uh, you know, really just it's something that i would do honestly like just just sure. get me away from everybody let me just focus let me just be, be isolated yeah. exactly but they didn't really think about lyrics at all uh until they were already recording so they, again last minute stuff but what what they did here because tweeze was like fuck it record shit let's just be it's get crazy
1: just throw yeah stuff over the song
0: tell me you got a tape if you're taking a shit tell me you got one perfect a whole tape hell yeah 80 minutes worth <laughs> that's a All lot right. of shit so, but here it's like they leaned into vocals not being a, a prominent aspect by the spoken word thing which at this time was pretty uncommon and then uh, you know the, the, the periodic screams it's like turning their objective objectively weakest aspect into a really interesting la- uh, layer and characteristic of the band now Mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's wonderful beautiful love it
1: amazing album if uh for some reason you're listening and you have not heard this i mean you should have paused it a while ago yeah but uh yeah there's a listen to this
0: god this this is a oh my god you just a perfect album it's in my eyes is the perfect album yeah yeah i I think think, uh i think that's fair (laughs) yeah and uh and this is why I don't like DMX, and I don't like Two Life Crew, and I don't like fucking who was the other <laughs> shitty band that we covered. Uh the white stripes, I know you like them, sorry. But like yeah. I don't like them. This is why I don't like any of that shit because this is what, <laughs> what I heard too young. Well, like, well, where are the harmonics in DMX? I don't, I don't hear any harmonics.
1: Where's the where's the telling people to suck my dick and and slant and and the dark dog barking? That's
0: and- there's a, a gross gross misrepresentation representation of dog barking in the band's existence yeah. i like to believe that maybe that during rehearsals there was a dog there but in terms of brian barking like dmx he did not do it once no. i'm really embarrassed no. by that yeah
1: um well yeah i just i think the white stripes are an album band uh i don't oh DMX. those other two artists it's all about the hits, baby. Yeah, you know what? Fuck the police too. Just because, uh, but <laughs> they want to be, but mm, uh yeah, they aren't. So sorry, Sting. I, Not I really. to That
0: fucking cock neck. God damn, his neck looks like a cock. But uh,
1: yeah, so they broke up. Broke up. Reunited <laughs> in two thousand five for all of tomorrow's parties.
0: I mean, all tomorrow's parties. Whatever. Velvet Underground song, Alex. Velvet I thought you liked them.
1: Uh then again they this for that one show in o five, then again in o seven with a handful of dates in Europe and the u s and then this kind of sporadically stayed together until two thousand fourteen with no plans to ever record anything new yep and yeah if you if they care about their legacy, they fucking shouldn't, I suppose so I think I think they could probably maybe. I but, think they could, but
0: so but, but, so they broke up before this album was released, or Spider-Man was released, and uh, it took a while, but eventually, kind of like it made its way and it started trickling down the river, and people were like, "Oh my God, who are these guys?" And, and the parents were getting fan mail and stuff, and all, all all this shit. So that happens. I think they they reunited for like a couple of rehearsals in like '92 and '94, but nothing ever came of it. Mm-hmm. So even the '05 reunion. That's like around the time I discovered them, so I didn't really like. I I missed it pretty much. I missed like even acknowledging it. Well, they only I,
1: I, played in England, right? So, yeah, I know,
0: but like, I mean, like just the fact. Oh, okay. And I think it was oh seven, where I was now aware, and I was like, "Holy shit, Slint's playing shows again!" Oh my god! And I and I remember seeing, in like the the old bitch ass YouTube when it was like old and bitch ass, really shitty camera, you know, Nokia camera footage of those shows, and hearing. Uh, I remember watching the video of them playing Washer. And again, this is a shitty old camera recording and it sounded just like the record. And I was like, no Holy fucking shit, way, yeah. no fucking way. And I was so, I couldn't believe that they, they did this shit live. And like, you know, cause at the time, like I didn't know anything about this album other than the album. So hearing that they did that live, I was like, I have to see them live. And of course they didn't reunite for a long time. And uh, eventually the, the last time, Yeah. 2014 it was uh they re- remastered spiderland uh along with the the breadcrumb trail documentary it was released along with it and that's when i finally got to see them and, uh, and cry and all that uh,
1: yeah also uh yeah I, I 2014 was when i saw them so i guess i saw them in that last yep that last fucking window uh it
0: to, was the last window yeah
1: also uh and even though i didn't really get in man what a fucking like I watched fucking Boris and Slint on the same day and Holy slow dive. Like, oh my God. It's just kind of surreal thinking about That's it. That's pretty it? Yeah. wild.
0: So one thing I, I forgot to, to mention, uh the, way, the reason they broke up, I think it was like Brian, uh, it was like little petty things that yeah. Brian had with the band, like really petty stuff, but no one like really understood how deeply he felt about it. Mm-hmm. And looking at him talk, it's like, oh yeah, he shows no emotion at all when he speaks. He seems really kind of quiet, kind of talks like that. Yeah,
1: how were we supposed to know that yeah. was serious?
0: Yeah, so he left after recording the album. That's kind of when it went went to shit. But the funniest part was looking at all the stuff Brit did afterward, because he is a weird guy. You would never get that from his interviews, but he's a, a strange dude. He went on for a while, like, t- he just stopped playing music, moved to New York, I believe, and just started baking erotic cakes
1: God damn it. Like, of course he fucking Yeah, of course he
0: did. If he wanted to learn how to bake, then I guess that's one way to do it. And then he would do a lot of, a lot of records under pseudonyms. He, for I mean, a lot of people know that he, he played drums on pod, the breeders first album, which is in my opinion. The only breeders album you should listen to. It's a fucking great album.
1: Are you and, t- telling me you don't like last splash?
0: I'm telling so- you, I don't like last splash. <laughs> and like, Spoilers for uh, the breeders episode. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, if, it's fine. It's fine. I'll, it's let, fine. Yeah, I'll but, let it go. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, but the pod is a different thing. And when you listen to pod, it is, and Albini actually talks about this in the, in the doc. He says, it's a really interesting thing when you get a drummer like Brit playing on these three chord pop songs and what he turned them into pretty much. Because that album has a ton of space. It's a really cold, bleak album with happy songs and his drumming, he's not doing what, he's, what he does in Slint. He's not doing jazzy stuff or weird fills. He's playing it straight, but you fucking feel it just the way you do in Slint. Like mm-hmm. he has a very powerful style and he, he fucking made that album for me. But, but other than that, like, this, that's all he, he didn't do much. Like nobody does anything. I think Brian went to do a band called the four carnation. Uh, but that's like, that's a did a lot of, he, jumped he, around from band to band.
1: Yeah, he was in Swan. Oh, that train wreck. Ugh. And uh, I guess he played with the, yeah, yeah, yes. I don't, That's right. I don't know if he, like, toured with them or.
0: It sounds like a touring thing. I don't, yeah. I don't know either. Yeah, he's the most busy out of all of them.
1: I mean, yeah, if anyone, if I was in a fucking band and it was just like, oh, you want to take David out? Like, yes, even if we don't need him. Yes, like.
0: Yeah, he's great. He's like, so great.
1: You just learn a ton of shit from him.
0: What I, when I <laughs> what was the final nail in the coffin for me loving David Pajo was when I, I believe I heard uh, or read a thing that Billy Corgan said that. Who was one of the worst people he ever met? I was like, oh, he must be great then. Oh yeah, he must be. He must be no. fucking rad. If Billy Corgan
1: doesn't like him, he must be fucking so fun. No, Billy, <laughs> Billy Corgan's straight fucking garbage. He's nuts. One he's, of the worst people. He's insane. He's like legit pretty. pretty Leg, nuts. Legit bad person. Yeah. Like I love he's a bad person. I think he's crazy. Oh no, I think he's the, a bad person. The, the
0: stories I've heard were like, oh, he's got problems. He's like, like yeah. the stories Kim Thyle of Soundgarden t- talked about him, and I think I think there's an interview of him interviewing of Billy interviewing Nick cave. And it's an, again, a really weird, awkward. Cause he's like, he seems like a socially strange dude.
1: He is. Yeah. He likes pro wrestling. He's a socially strange dude. <laughs> that's fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. He took it a step further, bought a wrestling company. He so, bought an uh, Yeah, that's right. Not, not the rap group.
0: Yeah, I know. It's so weird seeing the the credits of NWA. Like the one time I saw it, it's like William Court, William A. Court. Oh yeah, like, yeah. It's I, like hold on, that he, sounds familiar.
1: Yeah, he wants to be called William when he's talking <laughs> about pro wrestling. Well, yeah, it's, 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 he's he's got his on stage persona and his off stage persona, That's Alex. Bullshit, because he's still wearing the fucking scarves.
0: He's well, ugh, well, you know. He doesn't have any. He's like powder. He has no body hair. He's got probably special powers. He needs. Fuck! I forgot about that movie. Yeah. Jeez,
1: what a weird, what a weird fucking movie. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, so no plans to re-record or not re-record, but no plans to record anything. Uh, or reunite? Yeah. Re- reunite. Honestly, if they did like one show a year, that That'd would be fine. That would make me so happy, and people would turn out. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. God damn. Actually, a funny thing about that, that Slint show, uh, that same show, I think I was in line trying to get merch. That's where I got this shirt, actually. No shit. Um, I saw comedian Brendan Walsh there. I was like, and he's not like a big name. He's like a he's fucking hilarious, but he's like a crazy. He's like a wild man. Uh, he kind of makes enemies with everybody just because he <laughs> nobody's off limits. Yeah, and uh, that's it, always fun to watch from afar. And I was like, Brendan, why would Brendan we, like kind of lower name? strange crazy man Brennan Walsh be at a slint show it's like but no one looks like that and I was like huh and then I saw later on that he tweeted that he was there and then that same day I was leaving the venue and I turned and I'm pretty sure that was a fucking Jason Manzukas from a. Uh, oh from yeah, the league. Yeah, 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 yeah I was like oh, what the f-? he couldn't have been also at the slint show like this doesn't make any f-. that's that's weird I've, two weirdly obscure comedians and, then, and then one. I've seen
1: Jason Manzukas at cool fucking concerts that guy
0: that was probably him then That guy
1: is fucking cool. Uh, I don't know him, yeah. but just based on the concerts I've seen him at and uh, podcasts, I I just want to hang out with Jason Manzoukas.
0: Wildman. Wildman. If you're you're at a show, there's probably something wrong with you, and I uh, appreciate it.
1: Also, if you're at a a metal show and you see MMA fighter slash pro wrestler Josh Barnett there, it's... It's horrifying, and it's happened to me so many times.
0: Why, did you go and poke him and call him a bitch? No. Is he a little queer?
1: No. I asked him for a picture, and it was terrifying. Why? He said- He just nodded. He didn't even say anything. He just nodded.
0: Oh, that man. That man lives his life the way he lives his life. (laughs) No one's going to walk in on his life. Oh. He's too busy living it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah, Josh Barnett also plays Magic: The Gathering. Like Shortarowski. I think I could hang out with Josh Barnett if he didn't scare me.
0: <laughs> that's a it's a big it's a big problem with friends. I'm often scared of them. Oh like, yeah, ah, yeah. Uh, you like that, me? <laughs>
1: that's why you don't
0: see Dylan anymore.
1: No, He's too scary. He's too scary. <laughs> 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 too scary. He's too <laughs> <laughs> juicy, dude.
0: He's too big and juicy. I don't know what to fucking do around him. <laughs> <laughs> Miss you, Dylan. <laughs> he's not gonna listen to this. <laughs> it's a fucking piece of shit. He fucking should. Uh, but yeah, uh. I guess, I mean, yeah. Is there a re- there's a recap, but it's yeah, a very. It's the same.
1: Uh, worst, least, least favorite. Tweeties. Okay. Best personal favorite. Everyone's best. Everyone's. Favorite. It's a uh,
0: very good album. You know how you lo- It's a good album. Listen, listen to it. But thank you so much for listening and watching. This has been a fucking massive episode for three records. Woo!
1: We talked Woo! about a lot of silly shit too. We you.
0: did. We did. We recounted the documentary frame by frame.
1: Also, we did, I don't know, we did two one album episodes. Here's a two-hour. Here's a two-hour. Here's, two Here, <laughs> here's your GC episode.
0: Uh, suppose so. But yeah, if you want to help us out, supporters, uh, subscribe and share and like and rate and all the things and tell friends. And if you want, though, because do they help? Do they really help? They do. Please do them. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Pandermonkey and Alex at MotherPuncture uh but, but, but what am i talking about uh spotify playlist on slint find a link in the description as well as you know playlist for every episode we've done uh for the most part every album ever.com yada yada, yada. patreon.com slash every album ever for bonus episodes acts early access to to certain episodes discounts off merch and of course you get to jump the line when requesting an artist uh i think that's a that's a good one that's a good one yeah uh and I, I'm so glad that we've only been trolled once. And I think it's like a half troll. It's like a half troll. It's not a quite he
1: specified. It was not. It was not a troll. Okay. Move. He the uh, I forget his name. I'm sorry. He I believe it's me, Christian. Christian, you give me money. I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Um, mm-hmm. he specified that it was not a troll move the uh well i don't want to do spoilers but i yeah. will
0: explain his point of view when we right. get to when it when we get to it uh but it's fun though we get a bunch of requests you know we get to as many as we possibly can but it's way 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 easier if you give us money honestly everything is really a lot easier if you give us money especially me feeding myself so please do that if you'd like and i think that's it for blood Yep. well that leaves us
1: to so I'm getting less. I will <laughs> strangle you
0: slowly, staring into your cold, dead eyes. <laughs> you take this from me. Because I was the whole week. I was like, I know what I'm going to pick. If he tries, I might lunge at him, <laughs> like knocking everything over. But we got to close it out with some, something big, something spicy, something juicy. We going Nosferatu, man. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. So thanks so much for listening and watching, everybody. See ya.